Welcome to the five questions for a field service expert podcast. This is the show for field service professionals where we dig into the big questions about field service delivery and management. Every episode, we ask a field service expert five questions that can help you do your job better. We're lucky enough to have two field service experts and technologists with us today, Susan Lewis and Bryce Kramer, both at Anaxis Consulting in Houston, Texas. Susan, Bryce, how are you guys today? Doing well. How are you? Hello. Doing very well, thank you. It's great to have you on the phone today. Thanks for the invite. Sure thing. So just a quick note on, on Susan and Bryce. Susan is actually a very experienced technology consultant. She focuses on IT strategy, data analytics solutions, uh, and she runs projects for large oil and gas companies and government agencies, actually. She's recently managed the implementation of a cloud-based field service solution for a global user base, which allowed that customer uh, to capture uh, data in real time and do analysis on that data, leading to operational efficiencies and ultimately improving their capacity to service uh, their customers. Before doing great work at Anaxis, Susan was at Deloitte, focusing mainly on cloud solutions and deployments for the public sector. Uh, Bryce uh, also has 20 years, uh, also a very seasoned professional, I should say, has 20 years of experience as an enterprise architect and project manager, focusing uh, on the petroleum and transportation sectors mostly, uh, other industries as well. He leads strategic technology planning, business process improvements, and uh, a lot of asset management work, actually, for a broad set of enterprises. And prior to Anaxis, Bryce was an enterprise architect at Occidental Petroleum, the third largest gas exploration and production company in the great state of Texas. So again, great to have you guys on the phone today. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us to talk about your field service and mobile expertise. Thank you, we're excited to join. So we have five questions for you both, as we do for all of our of our field service experts. Are you guys ready to go? We are. Good deal. So Bryce, let me start with you on question one, actually. There's this phrase, digital transformation, and everybody says it, and everybody means something different, right? It's a lot of use. Um, what do you what do you think, what does, I should say, digital transformation mean for the energy sector as you see it? And in fact, in oil and gas specifically, how would you interpret the phrase digital transformation? Well, digital transformation for, is a buzzword these days that you hear a lot about. And uh, I think it does mean different things to different people for sure. Uh, and oil and gas is a, an industry that is very slow to adopt uh, a lot of things and uh, particularly around technology. Uh, if it doesn't directly translate to how to drill a hole, for example. Um, and it's a cash rich industry that, that as long as things are going well, then there, there isn't a lot of uh, um, appetite to change uh, how things are operating, which is how things were uh, going a, a decade or so ago. Then the oil and gas industry had uh, a big crash here a few years ago and uh, did a lot of cutbacks. And uh, they were really asking employees to the uh, do more with less uh, type of things where a lot of employees were cut and the, and the remaining employees were asked to do twice as much work. And uh, now that the oil industry has recovered a bit, uh, 
I think the oil and gas industry recognizes that that mentality is uh, that there's an opportunity now it's uh, to address that rather than asking employees to do twice as much work. Oil and gas is really now just starting to embrace digital transformation to realize that that uh, they are capable of working smarter rather than uh, twice as hard. And so what we're seeing at Anaxis is a lot of our customers are really embracing this idea of digital transformation to figure out ways to make their business more efficient to hedge their bets, if you will, against the next uh, downturn. And how can a, how can uh, oil and gas change its operating model so to uh, to work more efficiently with a more intelligent workforce and not as reliant on just spending money and hiring more people to do more work. And that definitely means modernizing some of the processes, some of the technologies that you use. Earlier, you were free to use as many people as you wanted, but I don't think the people are interested in that anymore, that kind of uh, business model, and you want a lot of uh, visibility, tracking, um, modern um, approach to how you do business, fundamentally do your, bus uh, do your business. So that has actually led to a lot of transformation and um, changes in the industry. Some of the examples that we're seeing is companies are uh, investing in more data science. There's when uh, recognizing that business is about collecting data and how, how do you collect data? And once you've collected that data, what are you going to do with it? And, uh, and realizing that there's efficiencies to be gained and uh, opportunities to be addressed if you are able to more efficiently collect data and more, uh, uh, and, and in real time, be able to make decisions on, on the data and how do you present that and do analysis on it. And it starts with uh, how do you collect the data. That makes a ton of sense. Actually, it's a perfect, perfect segue to my second question. You're talking about data science. You're talking about the collection and the analysis of data. Um, and that's all a good sort of first step. That gets you on the beach. Once you've landed on the beach, what do you suggest an oil and gas company look to first when approaching it's it's a big world right when they when they want to approach digital transformation where might they look first to do that should they focus on processes related to uh customers for example should they focus on service delivery and field techs should they should they look at something else how do you recommend an organization get started I don't think there is a right answer to that question. Um, they are being pushed in different directions and um, requests might come in from um, anywhere. Um, our specific projects uh, in the past have been uh, field service related. So customers are asking for more visibility, more modernized technologies, being able to track where um, technicians are, right? And they have the similar experience with Amazon and um, other um, companies out there. So why not in field service, right? So um, field service has helped push it, but I don't think you will see uh, benefit unless you make that happen, make those changes happen in the whole ecosystem. So you may start with customers and field service, but you need to make sure it is reflected in the rest of the supply chain as well. Uh, and I would say it's really important that digital transformation, while it's kind of a buzzword, uh, I, 
I think of digital, digital transformation as more of a mindset or a culture of, of that company. Very true. And if uh, a company is going to look into digital transformation, there needs to be uh, a, uh, a review and, and from the top down and really understand is what is the vision of the company and what do they hope to achieve and really working to get alignment within the organization. So from a digital transformation perspective, I would say it requires leadership to really sit down and have some heart-to-heart conversations within the organization and then ensure that that vision is uh, effectively communicated to the organization. Because it's uh, the digital transformation, again, is a is a mindset and an approach for how do you solve problems. It's not, it's not a methodology saying, first I will do this and then I will do that. It's more of uh, culturally, how, how are we going to solve problems? And it's, so it's important that initially companies uh, really understand is what is the strategy and what is the vision uh, that, we're, that we're hoping to achieve. And most companies are uh, like to make money. And as a result, that means the customer is involved. So uh, a digital transformation really needs to have a mindset of how am I going to make my customers happier? And if you can have happier customers, in theory, you can make more money. Um, So uh, many companies are very focused on uh, how do I improve business process and uh, have a mindset? I'd like to borrow a term from the 80s of trickle-down economics that if I build better processes internally, then my customers will reap the benefits and we will be able to service our customers faster and more efficiently. Uh, but that misses the point uh, about ensuring how do your customers feel about doing business with you and where are your touch points with your customers and uh, where are the where are the areas of high risk when you're dealing with a customer for example of that uh, you know if you map out if you do a customer journey exercise and there's 10 steps in that in that map for example but step number three is the critical one and if you mess up step number three you'll have unhappy customers and maybe it stops right there Right. So it's very important for uh, uh, companies to understand what are those um, uh, points of uh, uh, of that entire journey and ensure that your products and services really reach out to that and uh, and and can deliver what the customer is expecting. So if we focus a little more on another area of, of expertise that you both share. Um, Let's talk about the mobility aspect of digital transformation for a moment. What are some of the lessons learned, well, or should, I should say best practices, really, for incorporating mobile uh, into field service delivery? One of my, my earlier projects was on um, a cloud, service solu- cloud solution for a global user base, right? And one of the reasons they wanted to do mobile uh, deployments was to enable 
real-time analytics to have faster data tracking, more um, efficient data processes. Initially, before they had implemented this cloud solution, the field service technician would have to wait till they're done with their jobs, come back to the office, fill out the paperwork, then get invoicing done. So it was a slow tone around the whole process took a lot of time right mobile deployment meant um, things could happen real time management could see what was going on you could track data like we alluded to in the beginning some of the objectives of um, modernizing and transforming your business right get real-time analytics so that was one of the um, reasons for a mobile deployment um, there's quite a few lessons learned um, from my previous project one of the things that we hear a lot about is don't boil the ocean, bite off what you can chew, right? So um, we did the, the last project I had, which was the field service implementation. We did a agile-like approach. We didn't follow everything in true agile fashion, but we focused on let's not document all of the requirements at once because um, the needs, the priorities keep changing. Let's let's um, focus on identifying user stories, features that will provide the most value to a customer. Let's um, build that into a solution, deploy it, see how that goes, iterative approach. And that I felt has been very successful, uh, has helped the project and the users uh, become very successful in that mobile deployment um, solution. I mean, there's lots of lessons learned, but I think, um, going agile for this was really really helped um, the project succeed um, there's other aspects as well um, that bryce was talking about like culture is big right so having good sponsorship um, the project sponsor talking to people encouraging them helping them understand what benefits each user group will see from each of these um, deployments also helped succeed but um, I mean, I don't know, Bryce, have you seen anything else that I have not mentioned um, in here as well? Uh, I think in our conversations, our our last two projects were very different. <laughs> uh, where you had, had uh, a lot of, uh, you had more clarity mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and executive sponsorship and, and a better vision in, in your uh, last project versus in my last last project there there was um executive sponsorship but the their vision of what they're hoping to achieve was not always clear um and what was interesting about that project is it wasn't um it wasn't uh it, it wasn't a digital transformation project or stated as such but uh uh, they were changing. They're fundamentally changing the the business process, and that with field technicians, where the field technicians are interacting directly with customers, and um, and it was a transformative project uh, in that regard. Um, and you know, in hindsight, uh, if if uh, we could have recognized that sooner and ensured that we were designing for the benefit of the customer better and having more clarity that that's what we were, that that is in fact what we were doing, I think would have been, uh, had a lot of, uh, we would have realized a lot more benefits. Uh, we still realized a lot of benefits. We did, um, uh, we achieved one of our core objectives, which was to um, uh, get invoices out the door faster. And we, we certainly did that 
that by uh, just on the first on some of the first releases, we were already seeing a 30% increase uh, and setting up the stage to, to increase that even faster still. Um, but um, I think we would have gotten even a higher adoption and a faster adoption if we would have taken more of a customer, uh, customer first approach. And I think with these mobile deployments, you have um, user experience is a big deal, right? Why my project sponsor would always open up these cool apps that he had just seen um, other people talk about or use and show us, hey, I want user experience to look like this. I want our mobile app to be to be responsive like this or have the menu features show up like this. You know, he, he had good ideas that he was able to um, encourage his, his, his whole team to um, support. So, um, I mean, he was a good visionary. So that, that definitely helped as well. But I do want to read. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, Bryce, you go ahead. I, I apologize. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I just want to reiterate, you know, I think a major point that both of our projects came to that we didn't necessarily start with that in mind is um, that it was an interest, interesting that we both came to an agile project management methodology uh, in order in this day and age, everybody wants, uh, wants everything fast and wants everything right now. And nobody is exactly sure what they want to build mm -hmm. when they first walk into the conference room and we're having that first conversation. They, they have a feeling about what it is that they want, but no one's exactly sure what they want. Um, so being able to um, um, set up a, an agile project project management methodology from the front end, I think was a big, uh, a big uh, advantage for us. And it sounds like in your project, that was the same. Yes, definitely. I would imagine that's a, that's a huge benefit, knowing that oftentimes people are walking, you know, across a stream and not being able to see where the next rock exactly is. And they sort of need to feel, feel for it as, as they, as they move ahead, you know, through the, uh, through the process. Um, Let's talk a little bit about preparation, though, in, in terms of um, performing as well as an organization is designed to perform. Deploying mobile solutions uh, that enable field processes has a major implication on, on a field service organization. How should a field service org prepare for a mobile deployment specifically? Any recommendations there? I think there you certainly want some design uh, uh, UI UX uh, element. Um, I think uh, you um, uh, want to ensure that your uh, requirements gathering uh, process is is sound. Uh, that you have uh, so that you know what what it is that you're building and and can prioritize what it is that, you, that needs to get built. Um, there uh, also needs to be um, uh, a big organizational change component because uh, ultimately you're changing the way these technicians and the way the customers are interacting with the, with the company. Uh, so uh, everybody needs to be prepared uh, for that change and engaged early on you know, I, I like the analogy that you just used a moment ago, which I think works uh, lots of different ways about uh, walking through a stream and not quite knowing where to place your foot next. Um, if you, uh, using that analogy, if you blindfolded somebody and asked them to, to 
walk 30 steps forward and 10 steps in, they just encounter a, a river that would be, uh, that they weren't expecting. That would be terrifying, right? But if ahead of time, you could let them know that that, uh, that you know, in 10 steps, you're going to step in some water. Uh, and I promise you it's a sandy bottom and, and uh, you know, you won't have firm footing, but it's solid footing and you'll get through it okay. And at the end, you're going to get to the other side and there's going to be tasty snacks for you when you get to the other side, for example, like to be able to tell people in advance what's going to happen uh, and, and that it will be uncomfortable, uh, but, they, uh, but they will get uh, through it and they'll be better off for, for it in the end is, uh, is, is a big component. Um, but, uh, but specifically around mobile is... is uh, doing a lot of work around how does it how is that interface going to to look and how is and and how are the applications going to behave are they going to perform well uh in their individual environments if the if the technicians are going to be have constant uh cellular service for example um or or whether they will not and what types of devices are they going to be using uh, needs to be factored in. So all of these uh, basic um, uh, uh, components behind the scenes that that is like plumbing, if you will, that as long as everything's working, nobody thinks about the plumbing. But as soon as it stops working, everybody complains. Uh, I was just in a conversation with somebody uh, a day or two ago, and uh, somebody posed the question that, you know, how long if I if I hit submit on this button, how how long will people uh, uh, sit there and wait for a, a progress bar? And somebody suggested, yeah, if it's 20 seconds, that's too long. And everybody in the room burst into laughter. It's like 20 seconds. Like that's that's the worst case scenario. 20 seconds. Like if if I have to wait for more than five seconds, I've I've already I'm I'm going to stop and move on, right? So having so ensuring that you have those base level expectations that the, the mobile applications can perform well in the situation where they are uh, is, a, is a key consideration to ensure that if the, and from a field technician's perspective, they often do not have reliable Wi-Fi or reliable cellular service. And the application still needs to perform as designed. Um, and having used mobile reach uh, before, I think that was one of the really big strengths um, with with mobile reach is that it, it works in an offline mode really really well and downloads all of the required information ahead of time so that even if the technicians are offline it still performs uh, it exactly as if they were online and it performs very very fast how they expect and I think from a technician's user experience that's a key thing to make sure that people understand and uh, and design for outside of the um I believe the technology, what we need to think about is, um, I don't think it is a stretch for um, the actual people, the technicians to start using mobile applications. Everybody, um, I believe, would have experience with smartphones and the like at home or um, things like that, other um, avenues, right? What we need to have them understand is, what's in it for me, right? That's the big organizational change aspect of things. What, how do I benefit from um, using this mobile solution? Why should I use it? Preparing them for that, for this new way of tracking their work, that would be another aspect and another way to prepare for a 
successful mobile deployment, I would say. Um, at the end of the day, I think digital transformation is not really an IT function. It has to be a business-driven process or activity, and that's when we succeed, mobile deployment or not, right? Sound advice, actually. Could not, could not agree more. Uh, and, and Susan, you know, let's actually wrap on that note with one last question for you. This is question number five. How have you seen a mobile field service solution augment the analytics and reporting side of an organization? Are, are these capabilities ultimately being productized and sold as, as value-add solutions, or are they being used internally or some other way? What, what, do, you, what do you see there? Visibility, visibility, visibility. That is what they want when they're trying to track all of these in real time, digitize um, and transform their business process, right? I mentioned Amazon before. You can track logistics. Has your item shipped? Where is it? Is it coming today? Should I, is it coming tomorrow? What's going on? Is it delayed? Um, to be able to get that visibility. Uh, at some point, my project sponsor and my previous project did want the customers to be able to track um, the parts that needed to be um, shipped out to their location for the service technician to be able to service or install. They wanted to be able to understand how far out the service technician was and things like that. So visibility into all of that was definitely a plus. Um, and mobile applications help with that geolocation and things like that. Um, but they also wanted a lot of internal tracking to be able to make uh, management decisions, to be able to say, which um, geographies have a lot of service requests coming in? Where should we place our technicians? Where should we hire new technicians? Which locations? What types of service requests are coming in? So what trainings or certifications are most valuable for our technicians? Um, are we missing a piece of the pie by not going after certain types of business because we are lacking skills or um, other things, uh, certifications and things like that in certain areas? You don't get all of this visibility unless you're able to track that kind of data real time or not, right? So having the visibility, being able to um, track all of this definitely helped um, the project sponsor uh, make all of these decisions and be able to um, service the customers better, I would say. So analytics was a big portion of why we even wanted to deploy the solution uh, and its mobile um, aspect at the client location. Yeah, I would, I would I'd, uh, agree with that to say that uh, analytics and reporting is all about collecting data. And, and you have to be able to collect data faster and more accurate uh, than ever before. And uh, mobility and IoT solutions are are two of the key inputs to the to any successful analytics and reporting uh, program is uh, in, increasing the fidelity of the data. You want data faster and you want better quality data, and and so you need to be able to design mobile solutions that people want to use uh, if if you if you want uh, better data. Um, as the old saying goes, uh, bad data in is bad data out. So if you, want, uh, if you want good data in, then you have to design uh, mobile solutions that, that your, user, your user base, your customer base or end users uh, like 
to use, that it's fun to use, that it's uh, that they are are willing to participate, and it doesn't it's not viewed as slowing them down, but in, instead is is uh, your customer base views that as as a, a joy to use, if you will, that they that they like using it. Awesome, awesome insights, and I think you're speaking to to a range of issues that I think we've all become accustomed to as professionals, if not consumers. Again, the worlds uh, converge. Susan and 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 Bryce, thank you so much, both of you, for for sharing your expertise with us today. This was a terrific conversation. I'm sure our listeners learned a lot. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I enjoyed it. You can learn more about Anaxis Consulting at anaxisconsulting.com. Thanks so much for listening. For more expert views on field service, subscribe to the Mobile Reach blog at mobilereach.com.